Hey, welcome to the Culture Kings Podcast, the podcast that I don't host. But it is hosted by my good friends Edgar Montplazier and Jockey Snail. Very good guys. These guys are just going to talk about pop culture, sports, you know, a lot of shit. Shit people care about. I don't know how to put it. It's like... Podcast, but like a mosh pit. And if you ask them to stop, they'll start shit. I'm talking sports to politics to back and forth to plead the fifth. And now I'm coming back for more. Bling, bling, really big ring. Basky out with the crowny thing. With the comedians with the clowny thing. So you better bow down as the Coach Kings. Welcome to Culture Kings. Guys, this is a very special episode of Culture Kings. We are starting to do a series called Black Love, in which we're going to look at topics within the field of love from a black perspective. Today's episode is entitled Dating While Black, and we have on self-proclaimed dating expert, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Natasha McRae. She is the founder of Love CEO Institute, and she's going to talk to us about dating while black. Uh, Welcome, Natasha. Hey there. What's, what's up? On? What's up? First of all, I want you to know how special this is that we started an episode with the intro. That is true. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm almost sure this is the first episode we've done that. Yeah. Uh, so this is special. Guys. This is very this is special. special. This it's is the first one special. I heard. Yeah. Uh, I think last episode we didn't intro at all. So. We didn't. Sophie tried to and we rejected it. We rejected it. We yelled uh, over her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we. I really wanted to do this series because I think that like there's a lot of things about love that are coming out right now, right? Like there's like a lot of Twitters mm-hmm. and like Instagram accounts of like these people who are supposed love gurus coming out and saying all these things. But I read some of them, I'm just like, this shit doesn't apply to black people at all. Like, black people can't follow some of these rules and stuff like that. So I wanted to, (laughs) you know, start this series of, like, talking about love from a black perspective. And, of course, I want anyone to be able to take knowledge from this. But I really wanted to, like, be like, hey, let's talk about this as black people. And I wanted to talk about dating. Now, Jaquise and I have no leg in this game whatsoever. We're both... In relationships. But, you know, it doesn't mean that we can't get some information in case things change or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but you got perspective. I mean, I'm married now. But Yeah. 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 Uh, so but, talk to us a little bit. Case, of, like, but in case our significant others leave us. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, think, take notes. Take notes. Like, yeah. you know, I, have you ever seen the show The Leftovers? Yes. So, like, I don't know if that will ever happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, And I think if it did, Anna would be one of the people that disappeared. Not that I would want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a possibility. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never seen The Leftovers, but if that's what it's <laughs> about. It's evidence. Like, 33% of the population disappears. That's what oh, the show's okay. about. Or 3%. Sorry. Why wouldn't you disappear? Let's not get to it. <laughs> I just, I don't know. That's just a feeling that I have. See, so what is- this is how it starts. He says his girlfriend is going to disappear. He needs this dating advice. Um, yeah. So, like, what is love? CEO well, Institute. Love CEO Institute is a place where you just decide, yo, I'm going to own love. Because mm-hmm. so many people just think love is, you know, they're holding on by the tail and being strung around everywhere. Mm. Or they think love is just this thing that's in the air and you can't really grasp it. It's just thing they'll never get, like mm. water flowing through their hands. And love is actually something that's really tangible. So that's what my company is. It's a, it is a place where you own it. It doesn't own you. You strategize. Mm-hmm. You make it happen in your life. And there's something you said about love and black love. And, and I believe love is very universal. Yeah. Um, there that. is a perspective. And the reason it's a black perspective is because black people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, love is definitely a very universal thing. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, I mean, I coach women all the time. Mm. And when I c- talk to black women in Los Angeles, 
Okay. In Los Angeles. I kind of, I think I have an inkling of what you're about to say. Yeah, there is this thing where they're saying they're slim pickings and mm-hmm. black men like white women. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, my family looks like United Nations at Christmas time. <laughs> I am an international <laughs> lover, but now I am married. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that your perception becomes your reality. Mm. And so... There's this thing that I believe if you walk into a room and you're a black woman and you think to yourself, oh, that guy only likes white girls, you're going to have this air about you that even if he was interested in black women, he might not really be that attracted to you because of that stank pig pen cloud mm. that's, mm. you know, floating around you. Mm-hmm. So my perspective on, you know, love in general is that it's, it's very universal, and you have to be open and available for it. So uh, kind of what I'm gathering is that you really believe that mindset is a large part of it and that there's people who are kind of writing their own destinies based off of their attitude or something like that. Yeah, I truly do believe that. Mm. I, and I don't want to ignore things that have happened to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we have those experiences. Those are like real experiences, mm-hmm. but you're not experiencing it now. Yeah. So if you're continuing to play those movies over and over and over in your head, mm-hmm. you're going to continue to have that happening in your space. Wow. So um, what? Oh, please, Jaquise. So let's, let's, rip, let's rip a Band-Aid off real quick. Um, as going back to what you said about, especially here in LA, uh, black people dating white women or black men dating white women, or just in general, uh, interracial dating, uh, that's a, that's a hot topic. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a hot topic. Uh, I am dating a white woman. I have been for 11 years, uh, since we were in college in Chicago and I, you know, there's this, there's this, uh, feeling that because of that. I have uh, betrayed black, quote unquote, black love, or uh, I can't speak to the the black experience in the love realm. Uh, what's your top? What's your idea, or what's your? What do you have to say about? Uh, it's still I'm still loving from my black experience. Yeah, no uh, one can take that away from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's still me. I'm still a black man who loves, uh, but a lot of people feel like that doesn't fall under the quote-unquote black love category or umbrella or, you know what I'm saying? Well, it depends on who's saying it. Because yeah. if we want to throw black love, talk about love Jones, and, you mm-hmm. know, let that's people are saying that that's black love. But mm-hmm. I say if you're black and you're in love, that's black love. But I get the point. I get the point. I mean, let's talk about yeah. the diaspora. It, that is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's real, and I'm not going to take away somebody's truth from them, but mm-hmm. they can't take away your truth. Mm-hmm. And my challenge, though, with black love is the same way there may be some black women who are given the side eye to guys who date outside their race, mm-hmm. there are also some black men who have negative connotations associated with black women. And that becomes the problem. That's the problem. I think if we went deeper and not even on the romantic love, and we went deeper into, hey, you are my brother and my sister, Mm -hmm. and for real, and not just saying that, if we went deeper, then we would be able to love each other on a whole nother level. It Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it would be an exclusion of other people, Mm -hmm. but it would not be where the black woman might be out and there's a 
black guy and he's with somebody outside of his race and he automatically thinks that the black girl is going to look at him crazy. Mm -hmm. And I've had that where brothers would look at me kind of like or not get eye contact with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm someone I'm going to give you love no matter what. Right. Because mm -hmm. like I said, I you was hug raised... us immediately when we walk through the oh, door. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to give you love. And yeah. I know I know you date white women. I heard mm -hmm. your podcast. I mean, she's half, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it, it at the end of the day, I'm going to love you from a pure place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what may be missing in the whole black love community. So it's not even on a dating perspective. It's just base level respect you yes. feel like yeah. is missing. Yes, mm. base level respect is missing. Or you're putting everyone in a box. You're putting mm. everyone in a box. Putting yeah. everyone in a box. It's weird because, uh, you know, I, I'll say this often and... And I 100% truly believe this. I don't think there is anybody stronger than a black woman. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, my mom is the strongest person I know. Mm. Uh, not even true. close. Not even close. My and and we've talked about this before. You know, black women are the least respected group uh, in our modern society. Absolutely. It feels like out of any ethnic group. And then and then so when I say that. Uh, you would get the well if you believe that then why aren't you sharing your life with the black and I, I and I don't know what the answer to that is. There is uh, no answer. Yeah, I sometimes I feel like there is no answer to that. Uh, but there's there's some articulate people who will give you their version. And that's the and you know <laughs> what a what? friendly way of describing that is a very that friendly way. Articulate. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, they may well no, be. I just mean in general. Like, they may be. there's some people who give you their answer, and like, it's like, well, I can't really argue with that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, because they they articulate it in such a way that is firm in their beliefs, but it's like I can't give you an answer with, to that, but or I can't argue what you're saying, but I don't agree. And that's no. Yeah. And I think that we all have to admit that at times for people coming with you with some of that energy that there's no answer that's going to satisfy them anyway. That's true. Yeah. They've no already made up it in their mind. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. so I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I believe that if we all go back, going back to the black love to the core, mm. I believe if we all chimed into that, then things would work out a little better. Mm -hmm. The sister's not going to be looking at you like, well, why are you dating somebody outside your race? Yeah. You know, it's because she can genuinely feel that love to the core. Mm. But if we go way back on when they separated us and way back on how you're going to pass in society, mm. um, way back in for the woman who feels the black man left her, I mean, if we go back to that, like that's in the DNA, then the, I mean, there are some historians who are going to, you know, make their point that there is a challenge that is, and I, I'm going to call it a challenge. I ain't call it a problem. There's a challenge that's happening in the black race when it comes to loving each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and we, almost loving themselves. Yes. That's yeah. the bottom. That I mean, that that's that the has a lot to do with it. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. is. It's straight mirror. It's the mirror. Yeah. Wow. It's the mirror. If you aren't so, loving yourself, it's hard to, to love others let's that look like you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Let's wrap about your past a little bit. How did you end up oh, becoming... Uh, a dating coach and what even is a dating coach like are you out here drawing plays for people like is it Man. kind of like Hitch are you following them on these dates and <laughs> kind of telling them what is to do is Hitch about you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they wrote a movie about Will me Smith? <laughs> Will Smith Will Smith give Natasha her credit <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think I'm moving into that I I coach alpha females mm. into getting the love that they want Okay, and most 
if you're a black woman, most likely society or just your your natural inclination is you're an alpha female. Mm. You're a strong, independent woman. That's just the it in a nutshell. DNA. Yeah, that's in the DNA. And so I I came from I mean, I got a past, y'all. Like I was a mm. love addict. Mm. I mean, I mean I mean like love addict. Like relationship to relationship like to relationship. Relationship and romantic. It had to be like the movies, you mm. know, in an hour and a half, you fell in love, broke up, got back together, got mm-hmm. married. Like all in an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, and that was me, you no, know, literally. So I wrote a show about it and it was a one woman show. And in touring that one woman show, I did group I did a Q and A. And Q and A turned into what sounded like group coaching. Because Q and A, you think they're gonna ask you, how long did it take you to write? Yeah. Who's your director? How'd you memorize all those yeah. lines? But people were asking me questions about how do you date after divorce? How do you get back okay. into relationships? How do you forgive yourself? And you were like, you I just want to talk about it? the play. <laughs> no, I knew I had something in my heart that mm. said I wanted to show other women how to get what they want. Mm. That's the bottom line of the coaching that I do. Get what you want and don't be afraid to want what you want. Yeah. So with that with that Q&A turned into group coaching, I created Love CEO Institute because people would send me emails. And this comes from a girl who went from having no one ask me out on a date, mm-hmm. no hooting and hollering at the gas station for three years. Not like even the, at the gas not station? Not even that one. You know, the boo-boo, the fool, where you just like, no. Before he even starts talking, <laughs> there was none of that. Wow. To <laughs> when I made a decision... I dated 36 guys in six weeks, and I wow. was what? tired. Yeah, respect. I was tired. <laughs> and, and it's not about sex, y'all. It's not, not about no, sex. No, okay. I just not want you to know. Right, okay. I just want you to know. I mean, 36 and six is... 36 and six, and What's it was that? a mindset shift. Was that six a week? Man. Man. I'm telling you, it was it was redonkulous. Steph Curry sent, doesn't even hit them numbers. Shoot. <laughs> I had sent my son to my my parents for the summer. Uh-huh. He was like, was I'm going like, to do me. Bye. Yeah. And so I just I went in. And so it was it was a very interesting experience, but I learned so much about myself. Yeah. And I realized when you make the freaking decision, you just have to decide when you go from zero dates for three years to dating 36 people in six weeks. It was a matter of making that decision. That's what it was. And that's tough, too. I mean, there is there is a part of, uh, especially as black people, where we grow up in this world uh, from behind, I feel like, a mm-hmm. lot of times. You know, so, uh, so and, and, you know, we, we'll have that confidence and things like that, but there are some barriers that are just tough to get through because we've been portrayed or we see in society all our lives that we're not supposed to be loved. Yeah, we're even told mm-hmm. it. Like, we're uh, even, we're told, even told it. You like, know, you're not society to doesn't you love want. you. You're yeah. not allowed to have what you want. Uh, no love scenes. Yeah. Barely mm-hmm. getting love scenes. Barely like getting it. love scenes. Mm-hmm. So so internally, when you're like, all right, well, do I deserve to put myself out there? Uh, that's hard to take yeah. that step. I remember, I mean, this is, you know, has to do with just being young too, but... I remember like growing up and there was this girl I liked in grade school or something like that. And for an entire period, I got to sit next to her. And for that entire period, I just was trying to think of that one line to say <laughs> so she would like me. Uh, yeah. And I was nervous. It was, I was, it was like I was on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that fear is real. That fear is real to get past yourself. Yes. 
Yeah. It is so real, and it's real for both men and women. Mm. Yeah. Like, I'll talk to certain women and be like, he's going to have to step up. You know, why aren't guys stepping into their, you know, being kings and this, this, and that? And I'm like, he is just as freaking afraid as you are. Mm-hmm. And the culture has conditioned you guys differently now. I mean, even women are doing things differently. But definitely the culture has conditioned you differently. It's like you take a lion from out in the wilderness, he's going like snatching up his food. Mm-hmm. But you put a lion in the zoo, he's going to just be waiting for the meat to be thrown at him. So I think that's what has happened in the... I think that's what happened. That I slapped think me in the face. You did, yes, <laughs> yes. That's what's really, ha- that, that's, ha- that's happened because mm-hmm. we get comfortable. And I think you have to be willing to risk everything. Yeah. You have to be willing to risk everything. And so the reason my company's called Love CEO is because we take the business, the analytical side of life and apply it to love. Because too many times you get caught up in that love side of things and it's so personal. Mm-hmm. And love is personal. Yeah. It's personal, but I also think it's a series of transactions. Okay. It is a series of transactions. I don't care. I know some people ain't going to like to hear this, but it really is. <laughs> we spend a lot of time on this podcast saying stuff that people don't like to hear. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'll, fit right I'll, I'll fit in then. Let's go for broke. When I'm coming back. <laughs> so then uh, why do you think people don't go for what they want. Like, why do you think that's mm-hmm. such a big dilemma? I mean, especially within the dating scene. It's straight ego. Mm. It's ego. I mean, they don't want to be hurt. Mm. They don't wow. want to have to deal with not getting what they truly want. I have women, I ask them, what do you want? And it, they can't even tell me. Some of them won't tell me. Some of them, it takes m- minutes and mm. hours well, to pull it them. out of them. I have to fight it. Mm. Some people don't even are afraid to say what they want for the fear of not getting it. And that's so that's so interesting. I've never I've never heard that called ego before. It is, uh, but it, it, in a way, it is. You know, because you when you think of ego, you think of it as uh, grandioseness, yeah, like, yeah. Nar- mm-hmm. narcissism, and, and, and not even or just extreme confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to have the ego to not get what you want. Uh yeah, that is you saying I'm scared to fail. Yeah. Uh, which is egotistical because everybody fails. Yeah, but if we, <laughs> yeah. if you decided I'm gonna ask this girl out and you put it in your perspective that I'm gonna make someone feel good today, uh-huh. not this person might say no to me. Okay. Yeah. You would respond differently. It's true. I have a program called Date Like a Boss Challenge. And in the very beginning of the program, I coach women into seeing people, like get into the practice of seeing someone because that's the best gift you can give someone because most people don't even look people in the eye nowadays. But the gift of seeing someone and giving them that gift that takes you, ego, out of the, you know, it takes you out of the the way. Mm. I was about to say, you probably have like the most warm eye contact I've received in a long time. Thank I'm you. sitting right across from you, and your eye contact is so loving. That's I, my objective yeah. in life is to operate from a place of love. Look I didn't her always eye contact. Look at her eye contact. I, it's, you, it's I mean, so I, it's, calm. I, it's why I've been looking out the window this entire episode. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's like calm. Right, now, y- now y'all see why I'm looking up at the ceiling. Yeah, I want no part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't feel this. Uh, uh, I'm very anti-love. Uh, I don't buy it. Mm. That's why you're in a relationship. I mean, I'm in a relationship because uh, I'm a. I myself am a uh, 
I I don't think I'm a love addict. I think I'm more of a uh, what is that word called? A serial dater mm-hmm. or a, no, a serial monogamist. Mm. That's that's something every girl loves to hear. <laughs> I'm in a relationship because I like to date. Yeah, I like to, I like you heard to that, Autumn. <laughs> but even um, in you being a serial monogamist, mm-hmm. you are seeking something from these individuals, mm. and that is giving you comfort. Mm-hmm. And usually, we seek comfort because we want to be loved. Mm-hmm. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. So my brother, when I was little, and I don't know if he's going to listen to this and be mad, but he hated the word love. So we'd run around chasing him. Love, 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 love. And he would literally (laughs) almost cry. He was older than me. He would literally almost cry. And so there are some guys like that now, or even women like that now, the minute you say love, there's some people who probably won't even hire me or pay me because there's love in the title of my company. The minute you say love, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. They yeah. want to back up from it. Mm. And it's like, that's what we're all seeking. It's mm-hmm. in your DNA. We were all created to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. Period. And if we just stripped everything else down and mm. said, that's what I'm doing right now, mm. the world would be a better place. I agree with that. I Yeah, I mean, Jesus, look at everything going on right now. Uh, For real. It's... Insane. I was not. This isn't going to derail the conversation, but uh, just watching. I have a some, feeling it might. It won't. It won't. Uh, I'll and, bring him back. I'll bring and, back. And if it does, it's derailing it for a good reason. But uh, like you, you know, some of those, a lot of these videos coming out about, uh, you know, cop, be, cops being called on black people or kids uh, now, mostly kids. kids. I know. And ridiculous. you know, I watched a video yesterday about the. I don't know what her race was, but she was wearing a a, a Puerto Rico shirt. And yes. the man was yelling at her, and why you're you're not supposed to wear that and that. Then the cop wouldn't even come over, uh, and it's just like, why? Why does that matter? Yeah, what matters about that? And and and, and sometimes I want I think about those type of people. I'm like, and so let's to get it back on track. I think about those type of people, and I think like, how can you? You're incapable of love. I even your defi- whatever their definition of love is, mm-hmm. I can't believe is healthy, because yeah. like you can't have that much hate in your heart and say you love something. I I and and that's probably ignorant. That's probably very short sighted. Uh, I'm sure they love, you know, the person yeah. that looks like them. But <laughs> yeah, someone who looks like them, and yeah. it's also back to that. Which you know, what are you gonna feed? You're yeah. feeding hate or you're feeding love? And they obviously have fed hate yeah. much mm. more than they fed love. Yeah. So it comes out in that way. Mm. It does. And that goes back to the whole dating, you know, black black and dating or black love is what stories are you continuing to feed yourself? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm inadequate. No one likes black men. No one likes black women. Mm. No one wants to see black love together. Are you continuing to feed those stories to yourself? Because that's, I believe, perception's reality. I think you're going to hold up a mirror to a lot of our listeners, and I don't know if they're going to like it. They ain't uh, going to like it. They're going to be but, like, uh, this woman. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's get right back to it after the break. All right, we back, we back, we back. So I did have a question for you, and I don't want you to give away too much because, you know, I want people to start hiring you after yes. this. Like I want, but what 
is the action plan for that person who's like looking at themselves and being like, okay, I'm I'm realized now I'm not going for what I want. I'm not out here chasing what I'm sitting here in my own thoughts, creating this narrative that I'm unlovable. What's the action plan? What's that next step? Because you say it's like a business. Mm -hmm. So then like, what is their five-year plan or their business model or whatever it is? (laughs) That's what I was just about to say. You got to have a plan. Mm. First, you have to decide. Like if someone says, hey, I want to start a business, Mm. what do you do? You will Google, and I say this to my my listeners all the time, women will Google how to have two-strand twists. They will be on YouTube watching videos, Mm. but when it comes to healthy relationships or dating, nobody's Googling it. So Mm. get up off your butt from the couch and Google. You know what? I I, I think that's so interesting because one time I did Google something about a relationship, and I felt so guilty that I deleted my entire phone history. (laughs) uh, Why? I, I I was arguing with the person, and I Googled, I think I talked about this on the day. It's like I, I googled, "How do you stop making the same mistakes over and over again?" And then, like, I just felt so stupid that I deleted it. See, why do people feel stupid? You wouldn't feel stupid if you were like, "How do I change the oil on my car?" Yeah, nobody uh, would feel stupid. I, 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 I feel might feel stupid. stupid about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might feel like less of a man. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> but I did Google how to change the tail light in my car the other day. And you weren't deleting that, were you? No, of course not. I so wanted the, everyone to see. I did that shit myself. You handle it. <laughs> so handle it. You know, get up mm. off your butt. Decide. The first, I mean, it sounds so simple, but these are basic steps. And if you think they're too basic, ask yourself, are you doing them or not? <sighs> the first thing is decide. Mm-hmm. Period. Decide, okay, shit's got to change. Mm-hmm. I got to do something different. You taking notes, Sophie? Have a major, have a major pattern interrupt. You know, start doing things that you wouldn't normally do. Don't go if you go go home and you get on the couch thirty minutes after you're there. Don't do that. Go sit outside on the patio. Whatever it is, do a pattern interrupt. Mm. And then you have to start identifying those thoughts that have now become your beliefs that have now become your actions. So you have to identify what thoughts am I consuming all day that's keeping me doing this behavior. Mm -hmm. And once you realize those are the thoughts, then you have to change those thoughts and start making different actions. And that sounds so basic and you go, well, I'm still depressed and I don't know how to do that and I don't want to do that. You have, if you needed a job, you would do your resume. You would send your resume out. You mm. would tell all your friends you're looking for a job. Yeah. So start there. Do the exact same thing. Update your dating profile, even if you're not going to put it out there online. But update it. It's gonna. It will infuse something in okay. you. Update that dating profile. Tell your friends. You know what? I'm tired of this. I think I might start dating again. Start verbalizing that stuff differently, mm-hmm. and things will start to change. You will start to tell the universe. You'll start to tell yourself. And you'll begin to attract different things into your space. But you're going to have to change your thoughts. So decide and change your thoughts are the first two things. Uh, so I don't want to sound like I'm very stupid, but believe me, I am. Um, let's say you identify those thoughts, right? Because, like, I, I suffer from uh, chronic depression. And, like, I think that, like, it's very easy for me to identify my negative thoughts. But sometimes I have a hard time changing them. So I would ask how, and I'm going to give you a negative thought of mine. Yes. And if you're willing... Yes. We can work on changing it. Okay. So the negative thought I'm going to use is no matter what I do, my girlfriend will always be upset with me. (laughs) Let's try that one. And then walk me through how I can reverse that thing. Okay. So you're going to get a sheet of paper and down the, and people pay me for this. This is my private. Hey, listen, you tell me your Venmo afterwards. So so you have a sheet of paper Mm -hmm. and draw a line down the middle. And on the left, you want to write 
negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to shift those and change them to positive truths. So your negative thought is no matter what I do, my Mm -hmm. girlfriend will always be mad at me. Yes. So there has to be a time when your girlfriend was not mad at you. Of course. And what time was that? Um, let's see. Uh, I gotta go deep. Um, okay. Is she Uh, mad uh, at you right now? I don't think so. No. Okay, so you can take this present moment. That yeah, she's not mad at me right now. No. Okay, so I want you to put create this as a touchstone. Like right now, at Mm. this very moment, your girlfriend's not mad at you. Mm. So your negative thought is: no matter what I do, Mm -hmm. my girlfriend's always going to be mad at me. And the positive truth is, your girlfriend is not always mad at you. She's Mm. not. Period. In this moment, on what's the name? Anna. Anna. In this moment, Anna is not mad at me. In this moment, she isn't. No, she's not. And so that needs to be your thought. And that's the Mm. truth. The truth is, right now, what you just told me, in this moment, she is not mad at you. Wow. So if your thoughts are the same way you've been programming yourself negatively with that thought, you have to give yourself that truth. In this moment, Anna is not mad at me. Mm. Or And then we'll change it around. If you're doing a mantra, you want to not have it in the negative. So in this moment, Anna is pleased with me. Oof. My goodness. So... Stay in that. Yeah. And just. And how much you charging people for have this? Have that roll around in your head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a good, that's such a good, a lot of times we make things about ourselves. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, not, even that. I mean, that's it's about you. Yeah, you can say it. It's 100% about you. Um, and, you know, some in relationships, speaking to somebody who's been in one for a long time. He'll tell you this uh, all the time. He he can't uh, talk about his relationship without <laughs> saying the number. Well, I I don't have to say it. Right I'm gonna now. go pick up my. I'm gonna go. <laughs> it's pick eleven up my, years. Yeah, yeah, he said it already. Yeah. I said it already. <laughs> but I gotta go pick up my girlfriend of eleven years. So. But uh, be proud. I like that. Yeah, it's proud. It's a good thing. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, and now I lost my train of thought. I'm you sorry. motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, you done, uh, you done did it. You done did it. Uh, what was I saying? But yeah, we, a lot of times you'll. You you know put your own insecurities, insecurities or, yeah. or your own jealousy or your own things that you fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I do, I do that a lot, and yeah. and it happens on both sides, not just from man to woman, but from woman to man, or man to man, or whatever. It happens mm-hmm. from partner to partner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and you have to, I have to tell myself like this is me. Yeah, even if it's my truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. We're not saying you shouldn't say your truth. Like, you should tell on it. I don't. Do you? I'm. You probably do. But of I do. yeah, uh, you know. So saying that, I sometimes. What I don't know. What's your opinion on that? Like, actually say, hey, this is how I feel. I know this probably isn't on you, and this probably isn't true. But this is how I feel. I'm trying to work through it. But I need you to know that this is how I feel. Yeah, but it probably comes out is no matter what I do. You're always going to be mad at me. Uh, That's exactly how it comes out. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not even going front. So, if the, so we'll take a step further. If you're going to talk to the person about this, mm. it is, I, I'm married. I've been married now for four years. This is my third marriage. Okay. Wow. I decided after number two, I was going to counseling because I could no longer point the finger at why this, at this guy being a womanizing dog. I had to ask, why am I allowing that womanizing dog in my space? Okay. So I went to counseling. So in this marriage, I have to ask myself the question all the time, what's best for the corporation? 
Because when you make decisions, if you're making decisions just for you or the CEO or the CFO, it, it, that doesn't matter. We each come into relationships with different bylaws. Natasha had her bylaws. Ben had his bylaws. But that's not Natasha or Ben's bylaws we're trying to fit into. We're fitting into these new bylaws for this marriage today. Mm. Not the marriage I was in before. Not the guy I dated who was crazy before. Mm -hmm. But what's best for this situation right now? So back to no matter what you do, your girlfriend's always going to be mad at you. If there's a situation when she is angry with you, you should be able to have the conversation of what do I do that you actually like and enjoy? Mm -hmm. That's great. What would you like me to do to please you? And ladies, you must hear this. You need to tell him. Men are not mind readers. No, no. Say it again. <laughs> you are not mind readers and vice versa. Open no, your no, mouth. No, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Open oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. your mouth. Both Well, that too. And, and yeah, in situations, once you find out, you might be opening your mouth oh, if that's the agreement y'all have. But Jagis will always find a way to bring it back to fellatio. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I say the quickest, well, that's just in my book, the quickest way. I tell my husband, the quickest way to make me not mad is say, that's like the quickest way. Yeah, I, uh, I would agree. I would agree with that. That's yeah, true. That's true. It's hard but, to be mad having sex. Yeah. So you have to. You just. <laughs> <laughs> we could go into a whole other. You know, this is a different episode. Different episode. Different episode. But different when episode. we talking about black love, yes, it's hard to be mad. <laughs> but you have to. You have to open your mouth and find out what your person wants mm -hmm. and needs if it's not if it's not changing who you are to the core or hurting you 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 gotta you gotta why not do it like if I know my husband likes you know me cooking dinner or likes dinner when he gets home from work let there be dinner when he gets home from work mm -hmm. whether it's me picking it up or me cooking it like let there be dinner mm -hmm. if you know that your spouse likes flowers why wait until she's mad to bring mm. them flowers. Mm. Put that mess in your calendar. Flowers on the first Tuesday of the month, period. I mean, like, that's where you get into the business side of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, you shouldn't stop. I mean, mm -hmm. you shouldn't stop dating when you're when you're dating. No. And I feel like a lot of times that happens. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. And, and then, too, you know, there's this, uh... You know, especially in black culture, there's this hardness to relationships sometimes, I feel like. And what I mean by that is, especially from a male perspective, I can only speak from that, um, and from other men that I know, where you feel like if you do relent to that type of love or that you're type soft. of mindset, you're soft. Or you're or whipped. You're, yeah, you're whipped and all this other ridiculous stuff that is in the lexicon. And not just in, in the black culture, in all culture. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I've always wondered, you know, like, cause I grew up around black people. Mm -hmm. So that's what I knew mm -hmm. was, uh, it's either you love hard or you don't love it all yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which is very, is a very weird thing. It uh, is. I remember, you know, the aunties and uncles, mm -hmm. like somebody's mad or mm -hmm. somebody's staying at somebody's house or somebody's coming over to the house to complain about stuff. And mm -hmm. it's funny. Yeah. Sometimes, or it's the norm. Yeah, it's or, the norm. Yeah, and it's the norm. it shouldn't be. Well, we can decide but... today, back to decisions. Yeah. <laughs> we can decide that that's not going to be what we, the legacy we leave. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. I, I think it can't be. You just have to do something different. If you want something different, you have to do something different. And I don't want to um, trivialize or make things sound so simple, but they freaking are. And it's simple and hard at the same time. Like even in my marriage, yes, I coach uh, women in dating and life in general. But even in my marriage, I have challenges. But the thing is, is I have this freaking amazing toolbox. Mm -hmm. I have this amazing toolbox that I can say, okay, this is what's happening. How do I make this work in this relationship? So I don't stay angry so long. Mm -hmm. um, I can communicate what I want. Mm -hmm. It's not like weeks go by and you're just still mad at the thing and then you figure out you don't remember what you're mad at, what, but he's yeah. just getting on your nerves and mm -hmm. you're looking at him cross-eyed. Like that's, that's unacceptable. And to me, that's not me getting what I want. Yeah. And back to what I said about ego earlier, sometimes you use ego to work in your favor. Like, I always tell women, do you want to be right or do you want to win? Mm -hmm. And you should always want to win. Oh. You should always want to get what you want. How can you win without being right? And this is coming from someone who's obsessed with being right. <laughs> well, when you're right, do you get what you want? Absolutely not. Absolutely All not. All right, then. Mm. <laughs> I mean, not. That's, that's if, pretty much it. Yeah, if you were, <laughs> you need to, oh, Sophie, you need to watch your eyes right now. You need to find I love another the look location on face. for you. She's eyes. like, well, she done told you. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Yeah, I don't have to say a word during this episode. It's wonderful. <laughs> so then, uh, we're talking a lot about this in a relationship, but just to bring it back to like dating, like especially when you're talking about like asking for what you want, how do you do that in the earlier stages of dating? Because I feel like. So much of the earlier stages of dating is a charade or mm -hmm. like a, almost like a play where you're pretending yes. to be chill and cool with all these things that you're clearly not, right? Like, I mean, like the old adage is that you lie until you get to like, you know, the sex or whatever. It's so or anything. bad. So like, it's... how do you do that? How do you be a CEO who's asking for what they want in the early stages of dating? You have to know what you want mm -hmm. and want it unapologetically and not defensively. You can't walk into the relationship like, oh, you're not going to do this, and he cannot do that and not do that. It's just when you know, when you're very clear, and it's all about energy. We're all energy. Mm. If you're very clear with what you want, it is surprising how that is one of the greatest filters of riffraff. Mm. Like when I got very clear about what I want in a relationship and what I'm not going to accept and, and what I want it to look like. When I began, I, I painted that picture for myself. I had that vision for myself. I began to attract a different type of guy. Mm. So in the beginning, it's not a fight. I think people constantly think, oh, they're jockeying for the position, you know, kind of like them dinosaurs on Jurassic Park. It's like, I'm gonna hit the fence and see how they respond. Mm. I'm gonna hit the fence. Like you're jockeying for your position. And you have to stop jockeying for your position and just stand your position. Like when you just stand your position, you're not fighting for anything. Um, the example would be if you start dating someone, I use this for women because I, I get this and date like a boss challenge. They might start dating someone and then they decide to do that three day rule or something oh, and they're yeah. not calling and oh, don't want to yeah. do that. It's real. It's real. I, I give my phone it's to my It's ridiculous. Friends. I will tell you guys right now, I get the insider information. I coach alpha females all the time. Stop doing that bullshit. Mm -hmm. Just stop it. Because you are re you are with taking withdrawals from the bank account. You could get so much farther, so much faster if you stopped that yin and yang. 
It's just like, or the push and pull. It's it's crazy. Mm. But anyway, I'm not going to lecture. Well, no, no, no. Please <laughs> no, lecture. Please lecture. lecture. Because from my point of view, it's just lecture. like, I'm, I'm trying not to be annoying or trying not to be needy or something like that. This is the thing. It's not needy because you are thinking, I'm going to give her love today. Mm. And you can still give love in the beginning of dating relationships because I'm talking about love to the core, not the romance. Like, you're not in love with the person yet. But Absolutely. You can still give love, and women want to hear from you. And just imagine the smile you're putting on her face by calling or texting. Calling. Calling. I will talk to even millennials who I talk to now. Mm -hmm. They are tired of dudes texting. They are over it. You're not? You like the text? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're tired of guys texting. I only call Anna when she hasn't. Like, you know, done something. I'm like, hey, Anna, can you take care of this? I, I texted you already. You, mean, you haven't done yeah. it. Yeah. That's not going to work? No. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, if you want to stand out from the rest, mm-hmm. because there's 3.3 billion men in this world, that's all I'm saying. So if you want to stand out from the rest, <laughs> pick up the phone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because just think about how many guys are picking up the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's and- me and Jess call each other every day. Yeah. See, this is why he's been in the relationship for 11 years. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me wrong. You need no, to this, take this notes. This nigga's out here be like, hey, hey, teacher, hey, teacher, I did it. That's this what, is why. We just call each other every day. This is why. She calls me more notes. than I call her, but <laughs> we call each other. We talk on the phone yeah, every day. Yeah, you, uh, you got that foreplay happening before you get home. <laughs> That's what that is. Because yeah. you try to not call and mm. do some random text about or call why didn't you do something and try to get home and get some that's gonna be like interesting mm, no that's fair it's gonna be interesting that's fair wow yeah i know i went off on a sidebar oh, no, no you did it no you didn't this is answering it. all of it i have, I have something i want to ask you uh but we're gonna get to it right after the break All right. We've successfully made Edgar feel bad so far. Uh, I knew I was going to get roasted somehow. I was like, even though like I came with this like you know very fun idea and stuff like that, somehow I'm going to get roasted in this. No. Um, for those of you who you know don't listen to the first 10 seconds of the episode, we did intro this episode immediately. Uh, so we got Natasha McRae. Yep. I said that correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh Dating expert, love CEO. I love that. Uh, I got a question for you. Yes. Um, we I talked about like black people when they love hard and this mm-hmm. the and in that fun love and things like that. Uh, do you think like the the strength of a person matters toward the love that they give and receive? Uh, and and to even get more specific or broad, I don't know which one it is. Uh, the strength of or the strength that black people, that we have to exhibit to just navigate uh, in this world. Do you think it gives us a different perspective when we decide to share our lives with somebody yes. else? Uh, yeah, I I would love to hear your thoughts on that. It really does because if you are spending the majority amount of time of your day being a certain way, you're being mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. and puffed up, it's going to be harder to get into a space of love, comfort. It's just, it's, it's going to, I mean, that's just given. Yeah. You, it's hard to compartmentalize your life. And 
it's a way you feel you have to be. That's what I think. Mm. And I know this is a very um, risky thing for me to say. Risky. It's, it's, it's a way you think you have to be, mm-hmm. not the way you have to be. Does that make sense? That strong puffed up, because there's a difference between being strong defensive yeah. and strong unapologetic just the way it is. Yeah. And if you're strong unapologetic just the way it is, it allows you to be more fluid in your emotions. Mm. But if you are defensive and you put up the wall, mm. then it creates a barrier to other emotions. Hmm. How do you how do you lose a defensiveness? Especially like with what Jaquise is saying is we're raised in that defensiveness, right? We're mm-hmm. taught that that's what we have to do to protect ourselves in this in this world. Like how do you just like turn it off? Like is there like a switch or is there like a No. I'm just <laughs> it could potentially, you know, it's it's back to the decision, it's back mm. to negative thoughts, positive mm-hmm. um positive truths. It goes to you starting to identify. Okay, here's an example. Mm. Here's an example. Black woman saying, "Oh, you can't date anyone in LA." The, there aren't there slim pickings. No mm-hmm. one's a good dater for black women in L.A. That's defensive. That's that. Yes. But that's maybe her her. What has happened to her in the past? Mm. Yeah, it's her truth. It's her truth. In her past, in her past. Okay. Mm. It's her truth in her past. There are two sides to the statistic and you have to ask yourself the question, which side do you want to be on? So the statistic is. I saw a movie back in the day talking about black women, how many black women aren't being married and they're older and this, this and that. Are you going to look at that movie or are you going to go down to the wedding expo and see all these sisters who are putting down their down payment for their wedding dresses? Like which one do you want to own? So back to changing how we were taught Mm. and what society made us do Mm -hmm. to survive. We have to say now it's different because there are ex- situations that are different. Not every black experience is the same. I have friends who talk to me about microaggressions. I never experienced the microaggressions, although I have seen it firsthand and it is, it's, it's heart-wrenching. And I've mm-hmm. heard friends complain about it and be frustrated about mm-hmm. it. And I have, I have seen it. And when I, I think I saw it at a time when I was thinking, microaggressions? What are they talking about? I, you know, I never... you turned around and it yeah. was happening right yes. there. Yes, <laughs> and I think God needed to say, honey, let's back up a minute because you don't need to, you need to see this. And so I see it. I see it all the time, but I don't experience it. Mm. I don't experience it because I don't think I'm going to experience it. <laughs> and I decide that I'm not going to. And if it happens one day, it's just something that happened. It's not now I get these microaggressions. And that's uh, even saying this is this risky thing. I, but I think I understand what you're trying to say, though. What you're trying to say is even if it may happen, you won't let that define your experience. Yes. I'm not going to own it. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking ownership of it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's happened. It is sad, but I'm not taking ownership of it. I That's how I survive. Because I have a son. He is 25 now. And if I took ownership of the black men who are being shot by police, then I would literally have an ulcer. You, I mean, you wouldn't let him out the house. I wouldn't let him out the house. No. He wouldn't have went away to college. No. It's, it's, I, it would be so bad. So mm-hmm. it's like I recognize it. I'm in truth. However, I'm not going to take ownership of that being 
my experiences, I have to step away so that I can help in another way. Yeah. Help by protesting, help by um, you know, donating. I have to find a way to help, but I personally internally don't have to take ownership of it. So back to the experience the experience you have, how is it so hard? How do you love? Yes, that was the case back in the day. We were conditioned to not connect because you connect and you're being sold off from mm. to another family. If we want to go way back, so we're conditioned not to connect. Yeah. We're conditioned black men conditioned not to love on their black women. Because if they showed too much love on their black women, the master would take control of her to control him. Yeah. yeah. So if we want to go way deep, that's some stuff that's been ingrained. That's Absolutely. Like the Absolutely. beginning, they're doing it for this reason. Then your great grandmama's doing it, and you don't. She don't really know why. Then the other person's doing yeah. it, and it's like, oh, I just did it because my great grandma did it, and now we're doing it in this day and age, and it's just something we learned. Wow. Yeah. You you laying on some heavy stuff. I don't know if you realize that. Like, I, <laughs> I, this is some heavy. I mean, I think a lot of what you're saying is a tough thing for a lot of black people to yeah. swallow, and like. I mean, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. And, like, when you were saying it, there was an immediate defensiveness that came up. When you said, I don't experience microaggressions, immediately my eyebrow shot up mm -hmm. into my hairline. Like, I was like, hold on. Mm -hmm. But I, I understand what you're saying, which is, like, there's a difference between experiencing it and making it your forever reality. Yes. And to make it on something that probably has less of, like, a stigma to it, like getting dumped, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can get dumped. But it doesn't have to be my reality. Like yeah. I have, the relationship has ended, but there are times when I've been dumped and I go, I'm unlovable now. I'm yeah. unlovable forever. And yeah. that's me owning it and taking I, I but that's so that is such a tough pill to swallow. It is. And it's kind of risky for me to even say it, but it's it's a tough pill to swallow because we also have to go, where do we find how do we find comfort in that identity? Mm. It's easier to sit in that than to risk ego. Hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> it is. It yeah, is. I don't, it, yeah, is. it is. It's very much easier. It's I mean. easier to say, they ain't going to give a black man such and such than to walk in a room and pitch your stuff and them say no. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, man. I This is, yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting all this. You know, I thought we were going to talk about, like, where to go to dinner. <laughs> and, like, you know. What kind of flowers we should purchase and stuff like that? But how many dropping... how many breadsticks you should get at the Olive Garden yeah. before you start feeling too bloated? Because we all know if you're going on the first date and you're not going to Olive Garden, you already doing it wrong. You, if you go on to Olive Garden, you doing it wrong. Oh damn! damn. I'm Shit. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the breadsticks though. The breadsticks though. That's what I'm saying. You go on and get them breadsticks to go and have it as a midnight snack later on. Do not take her yo, to Olive Garden. Yo, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you take if you take a girl out to, or anybody out on a date and it's a beautiful date and then you come home and you got some warm Olive Garden breadsticks you waiting at it. Y'all getting married, nigga. Absolutely. But that's kind of the reason why I'm taking her to Olive Garden. Because I'm trying to tell her that she's family. No. Women, you know what? If you want to lock a girl in, surprise her. Mm. You shock her. You know what my husband did at one of the first dates? Let me, let me hear this. Oh, he took me out. And he's like, oh, we went and had like cocktails somewhere. And he's like, oh, yeah, I want to go to this nightclub. And I was like, okay. So we get to the nightclub. We walk up this these big cement stairs. And we get up there, and it's just some lady sitting behind a desk. 
and she has like red lipstick on and dressed so cute. And she's like, oh, tell me your name. He gave her a name. Then she turns around and opens the wardrobe and we walk into this nightclub. And I was sitting there like, and you walk into the nightclub and you see the rum bar. It's La Descarga in L.A. But the thing about it is there was no one else. He wasn't taking me to Olive Garden. <laughs> he was he was tapping into those those senses that no one else tapped into. So if you want to like lock a, a girl in, surprise her. Do something that all the guys aren't doing. I think that's interesting because I I, uh, I I'm a big uh, person on what I like to call problematic black Twitter, where it's like a lot of niggas giving <laughs> some very wild takes. And one that I saw recently <laughs> is this thing called the 30 Day Challenge, where it was this nigga complaining about how. He's tired of paying for girls the whole time. So, like, the first this new thing he came up with that he wants all men to try is after the first time they fuck, this is a real thing on Twitter, don't pay for a thing for 30 days uh, and see if she still stick around. See, Jaquise is kind of, oh like, shaking Lord. his head and being like, that's not a bad idea. You know what? Uh, but but I, I saw a woman retweet it, and she said, we don't want y'all to pay for shit. We don't care if y'all pay for shit. The reason why y'all pay for shit is because you're too dumb too lazy to think of interesting yes. free things to do. Yes. Where I would be down to go to something for free if you could think of it, but you're paying for something because you're just like, yeah, I'll just take you out to you dinner. Because you lazy ass. That's why you're paying for something. Mm. Do you find truth in that statement? Oh, what the woman said? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm. Definitely. I think a woman wants to be wooed, wowed, and it doesn't matter what's in your bank account. Mm. Yeah. She does want you to have some passion and ambition, but it doesn't matter what's in your bank account. Resourcefulness, Wood, wild romance. Romance doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. People think romance costs something. It costs risk. Back to ego. Yeah, that's yeah. what romance costs. Mm. Is risk. I was taking that. But you got that, that monetary barrier between you two. Right. Like I'm just gonna throw some money in between this, so yeah. I don't have to get personal. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's I don't what... have to risk thinking outside the box and then her not liking it. Yeah. Mm. Uh... It's the whole it's the whole thing about uh how do you provide? You know? Uh it, a lot of people think, oh, well, providing means uh you got your bills paid on time and uh you, you, you can take her out to dinner. And yeah, that is providing. Uh but, you know, I grew up in a house with a, a grandfather and a grandmother and bills was paid all the time. Roof over her head. She ain't had to work. They hated each other. <laughs> and, that, and you know they what? hated each other. And that's real. Uh, you know, like that. That's not. That's not providing. That, yeah. if, if you think, if you think that's what a man or anybody has to do, but there is this stigma that you know a man has to provide. Uh, and there's and not just from women to men, but men think that too. Mm-hmm. Like I have to provide. I'm the breadwinner. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I'm bringing to the relationship. Then you're not bringing nothing. Yeah. You're not bringing anything to the relationship. Nothing. I I I believe that wholeheartedly. Wow. Yeah. If you're only bringing a paycheck, you're bringing absolutely nothing. Yeah. You're not anybody can get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, That's what else talk. what else you got? That's real talk. <laughs> yeah, what else what you else? got? Yeah. Uh what are some <clears throat> what are some uh behaviors of, of of a toxic relationship that you feel people need to recognize more? Mm. Oh, let's see about the the small ones that people yeah. think. I think it's toxic when you are in silence. Hmm. What mm. do you mean by that? Meaning if your partner has no clue what your desires and wants are. Okay. If your partner has no idea of your pet peeves. 
Mm. Because the person's just constantly doing that annoying thing and they're just steadily taking withdrawals from the bank account and you're not telling them. So they mm. have no clue. They have no clue whatsoever. It's toxic to play games. Yeah. It's toxic to look at the phone and not answer it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's toxic. Yeah, that is very toxic. Why are you yeah. looking at me, Sophie? <laughs> I answer the phone. It's it's definitely toxic to not to tell other people the problem and not tell your partner. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, toxic. That is that that is a And that's huge, a big one. That's a big one that people do. That's a huge yeah, pet peeve of mine. I, yeah. I hate that. And that is not even something that happens, but yeah, don't don't tell somebody what's wrong with us first before you tell me. Yeah, yeah, like talking to your girl uh, is cool, but I'm not gonna be sitting there talking to my girl if it's something I haven't talked to my husband about. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's toxic to continue to talk about the mess that he did mm-hmm. or she did. Mm-hmm. It's like it's something that happened. You either have to make a decision to stay, correct it, or get out. But to continually talk about it, people rise to what you ex- where you expect them to rise to. Yeah. So if you're that's not true. expecting anything from them, that's exactly what you're going to get. And a lot of times that's unfair. I you know, this re- this recently happened within the past year or two. Uh where in the beginning of our relationship, there were some things uh like jealousy with friends mm-hmm. that she that she my girlfriend portrayed to me that I didn't like. Uh and throughout, you know, for a long time in our relationship, I was conditioned, in my mind, to, uh, all right, well, not even hide friends, but, like, to separate it, Mm -hmm. to keep that separated because of that beginning. And we had an argument about it one time, and she straight up said, like, listen, I'm sorry that that's what I did when we first started dating. I apologize, but you've never given me the chance to... You've never given me the chance or recognized that I've grown and changed from that. Mm. You've just held on to that. Yeah. And I was like, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And I was like, yeah, because I've just kept it in my mind that this is what you did and I didn't like it. And I'm not, I don't want, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I don't feel that again. And it's unfair. Anna knows all my friends, teacher. Anna knows all (laughs) my, I don't hide any of my friends from Anna. Well, that's the thing. She said teacher, teacher. You know, I believe in relationships, they be- it becomes where it's your friends together. Mm. You can't have relationship, guys and girls, you can't have a relationship with a friend who gives your partner the side eye. Mm-hmm. Like, that oh, yeah. just, that yeah. don't work. Or that friends work. that you're going to have lunch with and you're not saying nothing. Like, that's toxic. Mm. But also what's toxic in relationships is not cultivating the relationship. Mm-hmm. That is a breeding ground for toxicity, meaning you are not doing the date nights. You're not massaging the relationship. Mm-hmm. If you're having more business meetings than you are having meetings of the mind at home, then that is a problem. Yeah. So that becomes toxic. So I think it's great that she now what did you think when she said, you know, you didn't give me a chance? I agree with her. Okay, so now everything's copacetic. I mean, I've, I I agree with her, and I was like, all right, well, now it's time for me to... Have a party with all your friends. Have a party with all your yeah. No, it's time for me to... <laughs> it's time for me to let that go, and it's time for me to see. You know, you, she said you, you haven't given me the chance, so it's time for me to be like, you know what? 
That was in the past. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. Uh, this is the next step. Uh, so let's walk this in a different path than we've been walking it. So, yeah, I agree with her. She was absolutely right. Um, and You sound like you have a very mature relationship. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, we we go to Disney World all the time. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ! Hey man, we love it. Uh, but but, yeah. you, but you don't like show tunes. Who's the one who doesn't like? Yeah, show oh, that was like, that's crazy, right? That's crazy, right? I man? didn't say I didn't like them. I just don't like to hear them. Like what? at the crib, but you go all to Disney World every year. I go to, I, not every year. I've been. Four times in eleven years. Oh, okay. uh, it's a crazy average. I think I'm about that. It's, it's a great. It's yeah, a great but you, you have a family. You're going with like kids and stuff no, like that. No, my son's 25. Yeah, dude, it's well, great. 45. It's great for adults, man. Listen, I don't believe you, but uh, it's yeah, great. it's great. But yeah, no, we yeah we we I try. I mean, listen, we have <laughs> our problems. Know. We have our problems like any other relationship. And uh, one thing that name your top five. Uh, just kidding. Ooh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Trying to get us to break up. Uh, <laughs> her mama, like, her daddy, her brother, her brother, my daddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was weird though. I, you know, because I, because you know, you do get that whole, and then sometimes we play it to we play to ourselves. Like, man, we've been together so long. Ugh, of course, we're annoyed with each other. Blah blah blah. And yeah, that happens. Uh, but then I was like, all right, well, what what is something that I can take away where I'm like, yeah, you know what? That is still, that is a reason why we're still together. And like a couple weeks ago, she did something and I found it cute. And I was like, man, after this long, I still find stuff that you do cute. Uh, which there are a lot of people who after a couple months, I'm like, nigga, get, leave. Yeah, they were sideways. <laughs> I hey, want to say. I've been married. In the beginning of my marriage, I started looking at my husband sideways. I was like, yeah. look, bro. You're going to have to show up in mm-hmm. some kind of way. But I had to go and say, okay, what am I grateful for with him? Yeah. So back to, identi- mm-hmm. you know, what am I going to focus on? I'm going to focus on the annoying playing chess and ignoring me for hours. Or am I going to focus on the <laughs> fact that he carries my stuff when I go to speaking engagements? What a specific or the fact thing. That he- <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. plays yeah. chess. Listen. That is the most specific porn. annoyance I've ever At heard in my life. I mean, That's hey. true. <laughs> but wow, I'm not gonna say yes, like he don't honey. answer my t- like he plays chess. <laughs> hey, you know, you know. I, I had to make the decision. Am I gonna be annoyed that she eats popcorn one kernel at a time? Oh lord, that should annoy me. That is fucking petty. And I was literally gonna say Jaquise has done so much work this episode to portray himself as this lovable teddy bear, and you just undid all of it right there. That's what you picked. It's annoying. It's annoying as hell. That's I still love her. Wild. It's annoying. That's what you have you ever eaten? How do you eat popcorn? You I eat just it. grab that whole handful. Exactly. I grab a handful, but eat it one kernel at a time. She, one. I think. What? I grab a handful. What does that matter, like, dog? If she's uh, eating how she eats it. She's uh, delicate. Yeah. Uh, she's a delicate flower. Uh, you need to love. I do, but I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a fine. I tell her. Uh, she Now she just does it on purpose. Uh, which is too. funny. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Next time I see y'all, yeah, oh, just no, eat one don't. popcorn. See, <laughs> see, you don't even. <laughs> so, um, we're getting close towards the end here. Now, uh, what's one thing that you would like every single person that's heard this to take away from it? Like, what's one thing that you can? If you remember anything from this, please take away this. I want everyone to know that they can have exactly what they want. Mm. 
know that what you want, you can have. No matter what society has told you, no matter what your culture has told you, no matter, no matter what your past experiences have told you, no matter what your friends say, no matter what you even think, meaning if you think you can't have it, it's time that you change that and understand that you can design your life exactly how you want it. Mm. Wow. How, how much of that, though, and we don't have to get into this for a long topic, but how much of that, too, Keep it short. Is, uh, <laughs> is also figuring out what you want? Oh, that's a huge uh, part. Because a lot of times you would think you want something and you don't. Or a lot of times you would think you want something and you don't need it. Yes, uh, that's true. And it's not, or, you know, it shouldn't be something you want. Or And, and, and I'm talking in generalities. Uh, but, yeah, I when when it is, like, what do you want? Go take what you want. Absolutely. Um, Everyone knows. You know yeah. what you want. If you're silent and someone says, what do you want? That first thing that popped in your head. You and want. then you go, no, 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 I can't. The little okay. story starts shutting you down. Start there. Start there. It's okay. better than paralyzation. Okay. It was McDonald's, just so you know. All right. Then when we leave, start there. Oh, man. And you never know who you're going to run into at Mickey D's. That's true. But you have to listen. It's that one thing. Like, that one thing. Think, hear it. Respond. Mm-hmm. It may not be the thing. You're like, oh, I never did want to paint, but that led me to photography. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, so go for it. But don't sit on the couch, Netflix and chilling by yourself every night with a bottle of wine. You need to decide that I'm going to move in that direction. So if you don't know what you want, move in the direction of the last thing you clearly knew that you want or that little thing that you wanted to shut up. So you're saying it's okay if it's a slow process. Yeah. And it's okay to take it one kernel at a time. That was a worst joke. I loved it. I did too. Even even Nick in the back shaking his head like that was bad. (laughs) I'm such a goofball. I had to like chime in on that. What'd you say, Nick? What'd you say? I liked it personally. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Natasha. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for the knowledge that you spread. Uh, I think this was truly amazing. I, I don't think people will truly understand how much knowledge was put out into this episode. Keep yeah. listening. Listen to it Listen over and over. Though. Over and over. Yeah, please. Um, please, where can, please, um, please. Where can people find you, Natasha? What was something that you want to... Is there anything you want to plug, tell people about? Yeah. So all of this stuff we talked about, love and diving deeper, mm-hmm. I have a program called Date Like a Boss Challenge. And yeah, it's about dating and getting out there, but it's also about discovering what it is that you want, mm. who is the best person for you. So it starts with self-awareness and then leads you into filling your date book and getting one step closer to the relationship that you genuinely crave. So that's called Date Like a Boss Challenge. Mm-hmm. So you can go there and look that up and all my contact information. Yeah, I'm going to link to their website. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and do you have like a book or anything like that as well? Anything I'm working on one, but I do Uh-oh. have a book called okay. Evolution of a Love Addict. So if you ever have been in the situation of that unrequited love and you're trying to find true love, the book called Evolution of a Love Addict is a great book to read because it gives you an evolution of seeing exactly how I got to where I want to be. Mm. I mean, where I am and where I want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, damn, that's awesome. Because just because yeah. you are where you are doesn't mean you still don't want to. Hello, you know that's what I'm talking. Go further, about. yeah, 
uh, which is great. Yeah, I, it, it, there's something that I learned in Chicago theater, which is funny, uh, that was... Uh, Edgar, you need to stop. <laughs> like, what are we talking? Uh, <laughs> That's something that I learned in Chicago you theater. You were so wrong. You just uh, laughed at him. Where there's this guy who I respect a lot. He was a mentor of mine. And it was the question of, uh, all right, stay in Chicago or come to L.A. type thing. Mm. And, and he said that, you know, in Chicago... There's always you, you can get to the top floor, but there's always a ceiling. So and then if you go to LA, there's still always a ceiling. Like <laughs> and I, I put it in terms of acting. Uh if you know, you're not getting auditions and somebody is, you wanna get to their floor. But maybe that person's mm-hmm. getting auditions, but they're not getting callbacks. Yeah. Somebody is. You want to get to their mm-hmm. floor. Yeah. Uh, then somebody's getting callbacks, but they're getting on hold. You yeah. want to get to their floor. And then somebody's booking, but they're only booking co-stars. Mm-hmm. And you know, So it's like there's all these. You get where you want to be, but you still need to have a goal to get past oh, yeah. that, that yeah. ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wanted to be in the relationship. And so I changed my mindset. 36 dates, I'm in a marriage. And mm-hmm. in my marriage, I want the longevity in, with the longevity, I want the healthy marriage. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, totally at what point are. is death on that list? <laughs> that is about another 75 years. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, look. At a certain point, that may be the ceiling. Yeah. Like, all right, man. All right, death. Is that right, you? Death. Yeah, let's get this on, man. I've been trying to everything. I won't strive for that one, though. That one just has to hit me over the head. Yeah. That ceiling going to have to fall on you. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, I want that. No. Uh, this was dope. Yeah, this was amazing. We Yay. very much appreciate it. Uh, hit Natasha up. Do you have like a Twitter or anything like that? Yes, or everything's Natasha McRae, M-C-C-R-E-A. Twitter, Perfect. Instagram. I give a lot of free advice. I do a Facebook Live every Wednesday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Find her, guys. Find her. Uh, hit her up. Talk to us. If you are scared to hit her up and you just you want us to be the middleman, uh, <laughs> hit us up uh, at Coach of Kings Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We're on everything, guys. Uh, this has been dope. This is something that we're going to be doing. Uh, Thank nice. you, Natasha, for being a guest Thank on the first you. one, this starting us off on an amazing book. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. We like you. We love you. We'll be back. All right. <laughs>